0: You have your Bible. Go with me to Ephesians uh, chapter two. We're going to start there. We're going to go a lot of different places <clears throat> this morning, but I want to start in Ephesians chapter two. This morning, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about the closing of 2018. I realize that some of you this week are going to make some New Year's resolutions. Um, if that works for you, go for it. For me, I've tried that, and it usually lasts about a week, and then it's over. Um, but I think we need to spend some time in, in the, the end of 2018 really think about 2019 saying, God, really, what do you want from me? God, what have you done in my life in 2018? There's a temptation, though, for all of us as we gather, uh, especially because we're living in America, especially because we have a sin nature. As we enter into 2019, we have a tendency to look horizontal. We have a tendency to say, well, my finances are at this stage or that stage, or I need to do this and this financially. Or some will have a tendency to say, if I just got that in 2019, it's a car that actually flies. I don't think it's in production, but it's a pretty cool picture. Um, So I thought that would be interesting. Or if you live in our home, it's mostly we talk about this uh, in uh, 2019, what's the possibilities of doing this, this, and this. Um, which are not possibilities. They're dreams and you know aspirations. Boats like that cost about $100,000. Uh, so uh, that's a, kind of a dream of ours one day. But it would be neat, really, for us to overcome the natural urge to say, you know what, God, I'm looking here, and really say, God, what do you want to do in my life in 2019? Where are areas of your life that you really need to pause and say, I need to be thankful for the amazing things that he's brought you through, for the amazing things that he's done in 2018. Some maybe just need to be God saying to you, look, I want you to do this, and you're just like, God, I don't know if I really want to do that. That's just too much for me. I'm not ready to go outside of what my comfort zones are. God, I kind of like being here. I kind of like this scenario. And so as you plan and think about 2019, I, I really challenge you to, to put some thought process in, but not just in the horizontal. I would encourage you to spend some time with a vertical relationship with God, saying, God, what do you have for me? What's an area of your, in your life that you, that you would submit yourself to say, God, what area do you want to change in my life in 2019? What do you want to do inside of me so that I'm not the same person because of who you are, because the chains have been broken, because you ran out of the grave with Christ as part of who you are, that you're not the same? Not because you set a goal, but because of the power of Christ is inside of you. And so as we enter into 2019, I just want to say to you, the gospel is the same yesterday, today, and forever i just reminded this week as I look at Ephesians chapter 2. So if you have your Bible, go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. That our God is, is in, in a miracle working, doing amazing things. You, you were not here first hour. There were two students here first hour from Seoul, South Korea. Their names are Alexis and Julia. Growing up in a home... Mom and Dad said we can't take care of you, so we will surrender you to Isaac's home. It's a great place. I've been there. Listen to the pastor share. Watch the staff love these kids. But for the first time yesterday, they walked into a bedroom that's just for those two. For the first time, they opened up a closet space that was bigger than your high school locker for the first time. They ventured into a home in the United States of America for a month. And all that's pretty exciting, but we had supper with them last night. We were talking they talk, they understand English more than what you think they do, so be careful if you see them around. If you start talking, they probably will understand what you're saying. They will not probably talk back to you. They told us four words that Mrs. No's son told them that they need to remember. Three words. First one is thank you, excuse me, and uh huh. So that was the three words that Mrs. No made sure. But while they're here, Julia, who's the oldest, is a high school student. Needs to learn two thousand. Vocabulary words and not words like truck, car, dog, cat, not that stuff affirm and she has to be able to read affirm, not out loud, but read the word affirm and then write down in in Korean what that means. So we were talking this morning that's something like ninety five vocabulary words a day that she and that's on the low end of a school break, learning vocabulary words. Two thousand. Now she's smart. She's motivated. She'll do it. I don't know how she'll do it, but she'll get it done, because that's just who she is. And so as we end 2018, God sent two miracles. Say, hey, we're here. And so we get a chance to love them and encourage them. When we go to Korea in 2010 or 2020, we'll visit Isaac's home. Those two girls will be there plus Lauren. Get a chance to love them again. And maybe one day, if God works out the details, when they turn 18, they can move to America and move out of South Korea and move to Highlands County and live in Sebring, Florida. And you know what? So far, what they've loved the most? Open space. They loved seeing the horses and the cows and the open grass that you and I take for granted when we're driving up and down 27 that's what they've loved so far. But in saying all of that, I want to remind you this morning of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. I want to remind you that the gospel is the greatest gift that you were ever given. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, so that no one should boast. For you're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance that we should walk in them. This morning as we gather as a family, I want to remind you that the greatest gift for you as you enter into 2019 is not your bank account, not your job, not your family, not your house, but the gospel. For you to receive that gift every single day of 2019. The gospel is something that can radically impact your life. But often as we enter into uh, 2019, that's not really what we're thinking about. We're thinking about, I need to travel here, go this, do that, accomplish this at work. Instead of saying, Jesus, how can I receive the gospel for me today? What do you want to do in my life today? You've heard me tell the story when I was a whirly bird. I said yes to the gospel back then because Paul Patton scared me. But I'm saying yes to the gospel today. The greatest thing that you can do as you enter into each and every day is saying, Jesus, here I am, I will receive you today. I'll accept that gift that you gave for me on the cross. 2,000 years ago. You know why he gave that gift? Because you're his workmanship. Not only did he want to save you from your sins, he wanted you to be involved in our community so lives could be impacted. He's got a plan for your life. You might understand it. You might not understand it. You might be excited about it right now. You might not be excited about it. But he's doing something in your life to draw your heart to himself, to a father that never changes. We'll show you that in just a second. The other thing that I love about the gospel is, is powerful is a is passage of Scripture in James. So take your Bible and go to James with me. James chapter 4. We read this passage of Scripture last week, but I want to remind you of it again. I think it's important for us as a family to say, yes, I, I want to receive the gospel. But once I receive the gospel, I want to live my life a little bit differently. So this is what James is telling the believers there in, in James chapter 4 and verse 13. Come now, you, you, he said, today or tomorrow. Come now, who say, today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and, and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while, a little time and dead vanishes. It's important for us to grasp that. It's important for you to think about, you know what? I might have five days left to live. I promise you, if you were told today that you had five days left to live, you would live differently those next five days. And really, the Scriptures is saying to you, your time is short on this earth. So recognize that. and So look at, well, how is that going to change my life? Look at verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. How much of 2018 were your conversations with the Lord, do you want me to do this? Do you want me to go there? If, if you give me life, what do you want from me? Or is 2018 just kind of, Zip by and there wasn't really intimate conversation between you and God saying, what do you have for me today? Where do you want me to go? I recognize that you gave me this gift today. You gave me life today. What can I give back to you today? Here's my time. Here's my will. Here's me wanting to have the opportunity to accomplish something for recognition. I give that back to you today. The other thing, as you look through James chapter 4, I want you to go back to verse 6. In James chapter 4, go back to verse 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Over 2018, I spent some time in the gym. I always kind of like to watch people at the gym. And I like to watch those guys that like to go stand in front of the mirror. And then it's not, and it's like they got to make sure that you see them. You know, they're doing all this stuff, and then they pick up this weight, and it's usually like a 35-pound weight. Like It's not a very big weight anyway, but anyway, they're going to pick it up, and they're going to, you know, do their thing in front of them. Whatever, get a life. I mean, any of us can lift up 35 pounds. But there's a picture, the word picture in there, isn't it? It's really saying, stop, look at me. Stop. I got this all together. I got it all together because, see, look, I can do this with my. There's something here that makes me just know as you enter into 2019, the one who gave his life on the cross, cross, that's interesting. The one who gave his life on the cross, resist arrogant people. The one who gave his life on the cross loves people that come to him humbly. He said, here's my life. Well, there will be a temptation to stand in front of the mirror and say, look at me. No, when that is taking place in your life, may the Holy Spirit prick your heart deep and say, wait a second, you need to fall on your face before me and humble yourself before me. As we enter into this, this new year, I've I was just thinking about the power of God and how He can change lives. I don't know if you've thought about that. But as a pastor, it's interesting the people that you hear say these words, Jesus, help me, their life is radically different. Things just are different about them, about the situations they're involved in. And so as I was thinking about the scenarios of the Old Testament truth, of individuals that we said, you know what, God, just help me. It was kind of fun as I reminisced about being in Sunday school class and thinking about the different people. And so I thought about, you know, which biblical characters do do we best identify with? What's that Old Testament scenario or New Testament apostle or disciple that you say, you know what? I kind of like this person because I kind of identify with them. Some of you might identify with Jonah. Some of you might identify where God says to you very clearly, this is what I want you to do. And you said, hold on a second, I'm going in the other direction. And there's been people around you that you've went and talked to, and you said, I feel like God is calling me to do this, and they kind of laugh at you. Like, no, you know, you, that's not really going to work out best for you. That's not really best for ministry And you had to fall on your face and say, wait a second, God, if this is what you're asking of me, I need to follow you. Something that I want you, just a little sentence maybe or a thought you can put with the Jonah scenario, you can run from God, but he'll always be ahead of you. Some of you might identify with Abraham. You started out in life and you got saved and that still small voice came to you and said, this is where I want you to go. And kind of like Abraham by faith, he just, no direction, no retirement plan, just just go over there, go to the land, I'm going to give you this land. I mean, who goes to a land doesn't know where they're going? That's Abraham. God said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. Well, God, you didn't work it out in my timetable, so I'm going to work it out in my way. So there's scenarios in your life that some of you are really, really excited about faith. And you have faith in God, but are you going to follow what he asks of you? Abraham had great faith. But at times, he stepped aside and said, God, this is what I think is best. Another one might be Moses. Thinking about Moses, God spared Moses for three months. God sent him into training. After he kind of got out of this training scenario of life, he interacts with this Egyptian and this Jewish guy. Do you remember what he did? He killed the Egyptian. Buried him in the sand. And he flees. And so you and I pick it up at times and we kind of, kind of giggle at what Moses is saying. God, God speaks to Moses through a burning bush. But remember where Moses came from. God, you still want a relationship with me? God, I'm the murderer. Yeah, I know who you are. But I am with you. I will navigate life with you. And so, as you think your way back through the life of Moses and the sovereignty of God, God was there, God watched it happen. God knew the Egyptian was going to die so that people like you and I could say, you know what, we all have some past that needs to be healed. And I think as as Moses was wrestling, hearing the voice of God, he's really wrestling with, God, I have this baggage and it's an embarrassment to me. And you still want a relationship with me? Yeah, Moses, I am is with you. I will heal you. I will walk with you. I will be your God. Moses, I will offer you forgiveness. It's pretty interesting. Or maybe some of you identify more with the David scenario. Where the shepherd boy was just out taking care of sheep and the prophet shows up and He doesn't know any better. He's just taking care of sheep. He's just doing the menial tasks, taking out the garbage, killing lions and bears. That's kind of fun. And then God shows up and says, I choose this. Wait a minute. He's the baby of the family. He's not a proven leader. He's not your guy. Oh, yes, he's my guy. You know why? I know his. Some of the greatest passages of scriptures have been written by a little shepherd boy, Psalm 23. One of my favorites at this phase of my life is Psalm 51. Take your Bible and go to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. David's words, it's interesting as you look at God's power and how it has the possibility, the opportunity to change your life. It's interesting that I read Psalm 51, and there's some words in Psalm 51 that just kind of jump out the page to me. Psalm 51, verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. I don't know if this jumps out to you, but the word me in there. David's thinking about himself. God, I need you to be merciful To me, think about 2018, just pause. How many times have you went to God and said, God, I need your mercy. God, I need you to have mercy on me. Or if you keep on reading to Psalm 51, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. David knew things about his God. He knew that his father would be steadfast in his love for him. He didn't have to earn it. He knew every time that he would come to his father and say, Father, I need your mercy, his father would always be there. Because his father was steadfast in his love towards him. It doesn't stop there. According to your abundant mercy. So as David went to his father, love was part of it. Mercy was part of it. Blot out my transgressions. Forgiveness is part of it. David was not perfect. You know that. But don't use this little scenario in your heart. Well, I'm not as bad as David was. God knows your heart. Don't be looking to pass it on somewhere else. Look at the, allow the Holy Spirit to point the light into your life and say, okay, I offer for you forgiveness. Wash away thoroughly all of my iniquities and cleanse me from sin. Go over to verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God and renew a right spirit within me. Is that you and I this morning? As we gather as the, the, the church on Hammock Road, 3750, temptation is, oh yeah, I, I just kind of joined the church. I joined that little club down there on 3750 Hammock Road. Yeah, I'm part of that. We want you to be part of it. But we want to encourage you to say to your father. Create this in me. Create in me a clean heart. It's, it's amazing when people get to the place where they say, Father, create in me a clean heart. Complainers become joyful people. Alcoholics are set free. Angry people become kind. Selfish people become servants. The person that always has to be right doesn't need to be right anymore. When you get to the place where you say, create in me a clean heart, broken people are made whole. Are you willing to say this morning, God, I want you to create in me a clean heart. God, I want the power of you inside of me to make me different. It's available to you. The gift of salvation, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It's available to you. Will you receive it? Will you just pause your your mind and heart this morning and say, you know what, my life is a vapor. I know God resists the proud God. I'm going to receive the gift. Your life will never be the same. And there will be a battle for the rest of you, the time that you have on earth. Am I going to live for me? Am I going to live for God? And so as we end our time together, and we enter into Abide 21, as we enter into 2019, I'm asking the Lord to do something specific in our family. There's a temptation for us just to be the cruise ship on Hammock Road. Where members, yeah, they come on Sunday mornings. They want to make sure, and if you've never done a cruise, it's awesome because ice cream is always available. Pizza is always available whenever you want it. The drinks should just go down and they'll refill your Coke for you. It's incredible. But that is not how I want to live my Christian life. I don't want it to be about me happy, me full of ice cream. I do not want to be a self-centered cruiser. while I have time left on this. earth. I don't want to be that. And I want to challenge us as a family, because we know the gospel, because we know life is short, to kind of transition and say, you know what, God, who needs rescue? Who needs in 2019 for the first time to come to realization to have a father that offers forgiveness? What's their name? Where do they live? Who's the, who's the person that's going to come to the realization in 2019 because God is doing something in our lives that we're transitioning, saying, you know what, we're interested in rescuing people. We're interested in people knowing what forgiveness is like. Oh, yeah, it would be great to heal cancer, but you're still going to die. So you have, what, another year, two years, five years? So you have to suffer on earth another five years if we gave you the cure for cancer. Where are you going to spend eternity is what we're really concerned about. What marriage in 2019 is going to be radically changed because mom and dad recognize for the first time that mercy is available to their father because of the cross. What home is going to be changed Because dad or mom realize they don't have to be right. How fun would that be to see that change in a family? That's what I'm saying is available to the gospel. Not about because it's a program or a plan for us. It's not about us. It's about us coming to the realization that we've been left on this earth to rescue people. To take what has been so meaningful to me, the gospel. And say to somebody else, I know you're broken. I know you have needs. All I can really offer you is salvation through three nails and an empty tomb. And his name is Jesus. That's what I can offer you. So as you leave today, if you've never accepted the gospel, I encourage you to receive the gospel. Accept that free gift. Don't enter into 2019 aimlessly without a, without a father that can meet your needs. For by grace, you have been, been saved through faith in the of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of your works that no one should boast. But also to encourage you to release the power of God that those of you that have received the gift is available to you. Say, God, I want to change. God, I don't want to be 80. I want to be 85 years old and still have to be right. I don't want to be, and I'm not saying 85 is a bad age, okay? I don't want to be 48 and still the glass is half empty. I don't want to be 49 and thinking the world's falling apart. The world's not falling apart. You know why? Jesus is still in charge. I don't care what takes place. I really don't. That's all distractions. The cross is significant in every language, in every world. It changes people. People don't change people. The cross changes people. But will you as a person that knows about the cross actually receive it? Say, okay, look, I, I need some help. You gotta do something, God. Well, we be the individuals. That will stop, stop asking, God, why did you put that thorn in my life? And say, God, you put that person in my life so they can be rescued through the gospel. My last verse. Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now just think about that for a second. The God who created it all, chose some disciples, sent his son to die for us, and then he says to us, you are my plan to help rescue the world. You. That's why we're alive today. Oh, enjoy lunch, have dessert, tip generously, smile when you leave. But no, the only reason, one of the few reasons we have life today is to say, Jesus, I want to be a light for you. I'm your witness, so whatever you need to do, who you want me to bump into, where you want me to go, I'll go. Father, I thank you for the privilege to be able to open the Scriptures today. Thank you, Father, that you're the only one that can help us today. So, Father, you know the ones that are sitting in this building this morning that need the gospel. They need to receive the gift. I don't know, you know, so give them the courage to receive the gift. Father, you know the ones that are sitting here that need to relinquish control, to ask for help. You know the healing that needs to take place in hearts today. I don't know. Father, please get us as individuals to the place where we say to you, help me. And Father, I'm excited about 2019 because there's people in our community that are broken and you've given us the privilege to serve, to move out into our community and share the gospel. Help us to do that well. Transition us from the cruise ship mentality to the rescue ship mentality. Transition us from thinking, well, I really like this or I need this thinking well if you want me to go over there i'll I'll be more than happy to i don't have the answers i don't know what to do for sure but i'll just love those people and you give me opportunity y'all i'll share the gospel with them because the gospels changed me and i know if it's changed me it can change somebody else so as the by 21 comes through highlands county again may many people say yes to the gospel May many people's lives be radically changed because of the power of the gospel, because they've humbled themselves before you. May we be the rescue ship, willing to go through whatever water it takes to reach one more. Father, I pray for the Vargo family today as they lost their Alice this week, and pray you be the healer and the comforter and the strength of that family. Send us out into a broken world, complete and whole, because you're our Father. We love you, Jesus, your name I pray, amen.